Amen. Let's get back together. Thank y'all for connecting. Hallelujah. Y'all, y'all may be seated if you want. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. We'll see that. We'll see that then. We'll do it at the end when I when I close. Yeah. Amen. So good to be here tonight. Um, got my other my preaching assistant with me down there. He's ready. I've been training him. I tell you, we do the, we did the uh, winter symposium, and we've been training young preachers. And uh, you know, I know if you see my Instagram, you know I'm training my son. You know, he's he's coming behind me. Uh, he's ready. You know. So if y'all trust, if y'all if y'all won't preach, he will. Um, hey, in the way you should go. My God. <laughs> Man, it's so good to be back with y'all. Um, I'm a church boy, grew up in the church, and so being out of church is weird, you know, under the regular, so so good to be back. But um, I had a different word for tonight, but just given the recent events, I figured I would speak to the times a little bit, you know, from my heart, but also from the word, because I believe in that. Um, so as you all know, it almost, it dared not need, it needs no introduction, it needs no repeating. I don't need to inform you if you're and the rest of the Mamba Nine, as they're putting it, all part of the team in some way or form. Um, freak accident, the safest way to travel is in the air. The more people are killed by car accidents than they're ever uh, by the airways. So yesterday was honestly statistically anomaly, especially in a country with so much advancement in technology. Um, so it's just not something that we see every day. But I just wanted to speak to it. So everybody felt that. And it was hard. I think we can all say that even though it wasn't like our family member, our homie, somebody we touched up, we all felt like we lost somebody we knew. Anybody feel, anybody feel that? Like we actually had a personal relationship. When I remember I was driving from church and I was like, man, what? And my mind didn't want to accept that reality. Um, it was so fresh and so new. And I was like, look, this doesn't even make sense to me that Kobe Bryant is dead. And that's before we find out about his daughter and all the other people in the plane, I mean, the helicopter with him. Um, and it just didn't want, it didn't want to stick. I was on the phone with Taja. Um, just talking about the day. And I was like, man, I don't even understand how this is happening. And we both were just kind of like in dismay. And um, it was hard and it was unexpected. So that, if, that makes it work and try to prepare your heart for it. Um, and so, but I wanted to give you this, this kind of comfort really quick though. Um, some people thought that people were overreacting. Like you shouldn't be this uh, in, up in arms about a person you didn't really personally know. But melanin, uh, and mentalhealth.com said this, they put out this post saying there's five reasons why we grieve people we don't, we've never met. One is because their work helped us get through a difficult time in our lives. Their work inspired a dream in us or a goal for us to achieve. They modeled a possibility for you. Sometimes you just looked and like, man, I can be that if I work hard enough. Number four, their death triggered our grief from a previous loss. So I think that's the one for, for me. Um, lost my pastor who passed me for 21 years since I was literally a baby. 
until I was 21. He passed away at the beginning of the year. Suffered some other personal losses that were just really tough. And um, then that one kind of opened up a really fresh wound. So when he died, I was like, man, he just kind of brought up the fact that uh, January sucks right now. And just was clear. Number five, that their passing activates our fear around our own death. Right? So I don't know about you, but if you drive a car, I know the seatbelt was on a little tighter. Phone was in my pocket a little bit more. Wasn't looking at stuff because I didn't want, I never knew what could be my last. I even, for the first time in a long time, and I can admit that, you can admit it with me, don't let me be here by myself, I prayed before I drove my car. I got in the car and I was like, Lord, I would like to get where I'm going. And I'd like to get back. Please, Jesus. Just reality. It brings some things back to bear. I remember when I was a young, younger guy, it was Friday the 13th, and I wasn't overly superstitious, but Friday the 13th is Friday the 13th when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I said, my grandfather, I said, hey, you take the rabbit's foot, give me the little pocket Bible from Gideon's International. I just want to keep that with me. I feel like that would be better. I believe in God. You really don't. So you can have a rabbit's foot. Okay, give me the Bible. <laughs> and uh, I, I took that Bible with me all day. It was in my pocket. And I got home from school. My mom, where I lived with my grandparents at the time, my mother was waiting for me in the driveway um, in her car. And she says, get in the car, we gotta go. I said, what happened? So your grandfather's been bit by a dog. And I was like, dag, I should've gave him the Bible, not the rabbit's foot. I should've kept the rabbit's foot. You know, y'all not laughing with me tonight, that's all right, but um, <laughs> it's okay. And uh, he got bit by a pit bull, and it bit a huge hunk out of his leg, out of his, out of his calf right here. And uh, I said, man, no way in the world did I expect coming home from school to hear on Friday the 13th that he had just been bit by a dog and been dragged around for a little bit before they got the dog off of him. Um, and it was just unexpected. Um, and I wanted to say that because there are just times in life where when we lose somebody, even for us, we could say to another person, Denise DeCenzo, when she passed away from, from WSFB, we're all like, what, Denise? Sometimes life just throws these curveballs at us. They just hit us from the side and, and we are utterly dismayed. Sometimes we've prepped our heart for stuff and then life just hits us right where we weren't blocking. You ever been there before? Some of y'all didn't fight before, but you know, maybe you had your hands up and maybe it was like a Mike Tyson uppercut just caught you in the chain you thought it was gonna be. It just hits you like that. And sometimes life just does that. And I wanted to encourage our hearts really quick through the word of God tonight um, to just make plain sense of what life really is. And so I hope you will journey me tonight, whether you're feeling you know, a little uneasy about your future and your life, I want to encourage you, whether you're feeling like, you know, man, this brought up some extra grief for me, I want to come there with you as well. And wherever you get in, wherever you fit in tonight, I want to preach a word to, word to you tonight. It won't be long, but it will be meaningful. Um, so let's dive into scripture real quick. You can turn your Bibles, uh, if, you, if you have them, your iPhone, you have an iPhone, if you still have an Android, God still has a plan for you in your life. Um, he will deliver. He will set free. Um, it is in here, the room tonight. There's oil downstairs in the prayer room. God, hallelujah. There's Bibles over there. Those will come through for you um, tonight. Um, but I don't know about that Android. But we're going to be in Ecclesiastes. Um, Ecclesiastes 10 tonight. And we're going to jump in there. And I'm, I'm so annoyed, if you don't already can tell. You know how sometimes you, uh, you have your Bible? And I left my Bible 
downstairs in my office. I'm using my iPhone right now, which don't, don't you say anything negative about my iPhone. Be looking around. Look at verse 14. It reads like this. Yet fools talk on and on. And this is where we want to focus in the B clause. No one knows what is to Father God, we thank you so much for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And God, we have been met with the reality of uncertainty, with the reality that things can change in a moment. And tonight we just need reassurance. I know I do. From your word that we don't have to live in fear. And we don't have to live full of anxiety. And tonight we give your name praise and thanks for what you're about to do. Open up our hearts to let us hear. Give us ears that hear. And hands and hearts that are ready to do. God, give me preaching power to be accurate and concise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you a few principles tonight from the word of God that I've dug out of this passage that may not seem so apparent, but they are true because of the word. Um, And I want to give you three so you can count with me so that way I won't be here all night because I like to preach and I like to study the Bible. So give you three. First one, you ready? Number one, here we go. Now is as far as we can see and even that is blurry sometimes. Now is as far as we can see and even that is blurry at times. I like the text. It starts off by saying no one knows what is, what is to happen? No one, or who can tell you, it asks a question then, who can tell anyone what the future holds? I was talking to a friend one day, and we were saying that the limitation of the human life, it makes the experience so crazy, why we need things like trust, why we need things like plans, because we have no clue what tomorrow will bring. At any given moment, all you can see is right now. I know it's hard to understand, but there's a cadence to life that in this moment, this moment is what you have right now. And in the next moment, we just, the next moment you just got was not promised. Did you feel that? You have this, the next one, in that next moment, before I get to the next moment, as we ponder, as those next seconds comes, those are not promised. All that a person can see is right now. And that's what's scary about life. Is that you cannot see past what happens in this room tonight if we pray that it never happens, but some of us may not leave this room tonight. We just don't know. But we live our life, we go about, and, we, and we, we go on and we move. But the truth is, we cannot escape the fact that we are limited to seeing only what we see right now. We can have vision for the future, we can have ideas for the future, but as far as human Uh, eyes can see is the moment right in front of you. It's all you can see. And and my grandfather used to say funny things like, uh, believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see. Because sometimes what you see deceives you. So we are very limited people. We live in what we call time. I was talking to my sister and I told her that, you know, when you look at a song lyric um, and you're singing a song just like we're singing up here, we can only sing one lyric at a time. That's what it means to be in time. It means that each lyric has to be sung in its own moment, in its own time, in its own sequence. God, however, lives outside of time. And God, his, what, in, what, in, what him in being outside of time looks like, that he sings every lyric of every song that's ever written at the same time. 
He is not trapped or bound by time, but we, because of the way God designed it, because he created us to live inside of a time frame, we are limited by that construct. And all that we can clearly see, and sometimes that's blurry, is right now. So I don't want you to feel like, oh my God, I'm so limited. All that you can really be sure about, and if sometimes even that's questionable, is what you see right in front of you right now. Does that make sense? So I can't see further than right now. This is what I can see. Number two is that what the future holds is a mystery. What the future holds, holds he says, who, who, can t- who can tell anyone what the future holds? We know one thing, the future holds something. The question is, what does it hold? What does it hold for this country? What does it hold for this campus? We hope by next year, there'll be a new building in the middle of the quad area, in the middle of the green. So we suppose. We don't know, but it's a good chance because people have money and funds and there's people who will do the contracting, but we don't know. It's change. We have a good idea about what the future may bring, but we cannot pin it down. Here's the idea. You can influence. Right? I think that when, what, what scared us so bad about Kobe's untimely death and his daughter and the other seven people on that helicopter is none of us saw him dying at 41 in his future. We didn't see that. We didn't see that when he dropped the mic on the court and he waved goodbye to basketball. We didn't see him dying a few years later. We didn't see that. He didn't see that. When he got on that helicopter, he didn't see that. He couldn't have saw it. He knew he had a future. He worked toward that future. But there was nothing nothing to do to say, I know for sure it's that future. But that future to us is a mystery. No one can tell you for sure what's happening next. Here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. And I saw that under the sun, the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. And that's where we stop in church. You know, I am that preacher. I read the whole scripture. We stop and we say, well, you know, the race is not given to the swift and the battle to the strong. But what does that mean? Well, we'll find out when we keep reading, right? He says this, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to the skillful, but time and chance happen to them all. For no one can anticipate the time of disaster. I don't think Sunday, Sunday preached this text better than I can. Everything right here. Kobe was swift. He was strong. He's wise. We heard him talk. We seen what he was doing in the world. Riches, intelligent, skillful, masterful in the court and off the court. But time and chance happened to him. And time and chance happened to us all. No one can anticipate a time of disaster. How do I know? Because we wouldn't be there. If I knew when my time was coming, if I knew there was going to be a disaster, I wouldn't go. If, I, if he knew he was getting on a helicopter and it was going to explode in the air and start falling apart with his daughter on, they would not have got on it. Nobody knows when that time is coming. And here's the reality. And I like to say it this way. It says in the text, it says, watch this. He says, like fish taken in the cruel net. Who saw Nemo? Finding Nemo. Remember, he was just swimming. He was like, I touch the button. 
Y'all ain't with me. Y'all too, y'all too young. Yeah, thank you. LaShawn, that's the vote is still out. Don't you know no good? Okay, she didn't know that Martin phrase. You still the voice still out. <laughs> but Nemo, he touched the butt. And right when he touched the butt, the net got him. That's life. That's life. He had to reiterate it. If you touch it, and then the, the, the net comes and sweeps up Nemo, and he's taken far, far away. If he had known that he was going up there, he probably would have listened to his father, right? Like, I'm not going to touch the butt. I'm just going to stay with me. It says here, they're caught in the snare. So mortals are snared at the time of calamity. Snare means that there's a trap, and the trap snaps you unknowing. And then here's how it comes. And then it says, when all... When it suddenly falls upon them. I want to say this to you. I want to say this to you. That you cannot fix life. Y'all, y'all with me? Y'all need me to unpack that a little bit more? You, know, you ever heard like they rig a, a vote? It's another word for that. It's to fix it. Yay, come on, vocabulary. So you can fix the vote that no matter what they do, the same outcome will come out. Well, life is not like that. Life, you can study for the test. <laughs> you can do all the work. You can show up to class on time. And then the day of the final exam, you oversleep. And the professor says you cannot take it. <laughs> My mic cut out. We're picking up when I was handed a new mic. Thank you for braving this interruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we didn't even get to the game. This is going to so, sound so funny on the recording. Okay. I didn't even get in the game. I swung, hit the ball, and my ankle broke. Like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. I was ready, but I, I failed in the practice and not in the game. Life just happens to you. And here's the reality. You cannot predict it. You cannot change it. You cannot fix it. You can influence it, though. That make sense? Because what? Because some people go, it's all vanity. That's what Ecclesiastes is about. Vanities of vanities. Nothing matters. Since we're going to die, let's just eat and be merry. It doesn't matter if I'm rich, I'm going to be put in the ground. The poor man dies, the rich man dies. All is vanity. But if you trust in Jesus, there's life after all of that. But here's the reality, though is that you can't influence your future, but you cannot determine it. So you need to keep studying, because some of y'all are like, well, if Kobe died, well, I'm not doing nothing else, because if I'm not getting in the car no more, I'm not, I'm not risking it. But you know, sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit, I'm just saying. But some of people are saying their approach to that anxiety is to withdraw, but then you'll have nothing, for sure. You can determine that you'll be broke down if you stop working now because you're scared of the future. So you can influence your future, but you cannot determine it. Number three is this. Uncertainty is nothing new. But in moments like this, it is magnified. Right? Every moment of your life is lived in uncertainty. I love how people, Jay will tell you, we got people who you know, be pressing God for certainty. And the entire rest of their life is uncertain. 
They get in the car and they don't know if they're going to make it to where they're going. But they get in it, they live by faith. But when it comes to God, I need certainty. But here's the truth. Uncertainty is not that scary. You live in it, but we face it every day, every minute, every hour of our day. We face uncertainty. But when it happens to people we know and when it hits close to home, it's magnified. And we begin to focus on it a little bit more than we were before. So uncertainty is nothing new. It's just magnified. Here's the truth. We can try to predict, plan, and prepare for the future, but we'll never be able to pin it down. We'll never be able to know it for sure. Who knows it, as the text says. Your fame, your wealth, your connectedness cannot grant you certainty. That's why it was so abrupt. Because you know what happens? Over time, we forget how uncertain the next breath is. And it takes a moment like this for us to go, oh, my gosh, that could have been me. Boy, that could have been you all winter break. That's been you since you said, what? That first time it's been you. From the moment you were born, you're on the way to the grave. And it's a sad reality because of sin, death reigns in life. But because of Jesus, death has been defeated and grave has been robbed of his victory. And the death has no more sting. It just makes noise. Tony Evans said that. I won't steal it. Because you might watch the video later. Like, Pastor Gary, either you or Tony is ripping off one of each other. But this is the, this is the reality. I got a few things for you tonight. And we're out. Just for you to know. One thing for you to know. And several things, four things for you to do. You ready for that? Let's do that. In light of everything we said. Jesus said this. In your life, in this life, you will have trouble. Hmm. Don't you love Jesus? He's the only politician we know who tells you it's going to be bad. <laughs> if you follow me, you will have trouble. What a slogan. Vote for me. You will have trouble. But the back end of the slogan is, take heart, because I've already overcome the trouble. <laughs> so it's going to come, but, but it can't keep you. But here it is. You can expect that unexpected things will happen. Oh, Jesus. You can be sure that things you didn't see coming are coming. So what do I do? Prepare my heart for there will be a few things in my life that blindside me. Right? If Jesus said trouble is coming, look for it. Don't be naive. Don't walk around thinking that nothing bad can ever happen to you. You're not that special. Everybody goes through stuff. And watch this. Some of the unexpected stuff will be good. <laughs> you ever got an unexpected blessing? We like those, right? Come on. Royalties received. Come on, somebody. Checks in the mail. We got the declarations of everything they're offering. We want to see those unexpected blessings. I mean, I mean, come on, somebody. Financial aid just throw me back a check. God bless you. Thank you. I didn't want to look for it. And, and, and you would gladly receive that unexpected coincidence. 
But when something bad comes, we go, God, why did, whoa, whoa, God, hold on, I don't receive that. No, no, no. Keep that, hold on to that, brother. We just accept that stuff. But we don't receive, we receive blessings, but we accept hardship. You got to get in your mind when you start saying, God, I receive everything you're sending my way, unexpected, expected, because I know that you are working for my good. When you sent me something unexpected, you knew that I needed it. I'm trying to tell you the way I was so hurt this month, the, the Lord, I think, well, I knew what he was doing. He gave me a, a new level of unbotheredness. Like, I'm so unbothered. I honestly don't even care about the little stuff anymore. What? What's that? I don't care. Like, too many things have already happened. Bless you. That is minutia. Bless you. I'm unbothered. Maybe I needed that to, to, to get to my next level of potential. Maybe I was too soft. I'm just saying, right? Because sometimes we soft. We, we like, oh, this, this, this life is hard. He's like, man, if you don't get your back right, you carry this cross. Come on, somebody. God, lighten the cross. No, 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 no. Gird up your loins. Gird up your loins. I told you it was going to be trouble. I, I'm trying to help somebody tonight. Here it is. Here it is. But nothing that's unexpected in your life catches God by surprise. <laughs> your future is history to God. Your future is a sitcom that he's watched over and over. He knows every word. He knows every laugh. He knows every joke. He knows it all. Everything that you're scared of, he's already previewed. And everything that you thought or you're scared of going through, he's already seen you come out. The thing that you lose and sleep over, he's sleeping through because he knows you're coming out the other side. Here it is. God, the beauty of it, not only does he know, but God is with us in it. God is with us through it. And God is with us in the aftermath. Because sometimes we just say, oh, God is in it with me. He's through it with me. But he don't leave you even after it. He's there with you to pick up the pieces. Did you know the only reason you can pick up the pieces is God never left you? When I tell you you need to go and read Jude 1, there's only, there's only one chapter, Jude 1, 24. And it says, now unto him that is able to keep me from falling. If you really knew what that scripture meant, because if it was up to me, I would have fell flat on my face. But when I didn't want to get up, he just kept holding my hand. There's some times when me and Ben are walking, I'm like, Ben, you got to walk. Come on, brother. I just hold his hand. And sometimes you might stumble, but you know he doesn't fall because I got his hand. And that's how the Christian walk is. There'll be days where you feel like you can't make it because something will gut punch you in a way that you feel like, God, I really know if I can get up. But he says, hey, you ain't never been walking anyway. I've been the one carrying you. You can get through this because I'm with you in it. That's what you should know. And I want you to think about it. You can think about it of a time right now. I know all of you can, where something caught you off guard. You didn't expect it. You didn't see it coming, but it caught you. Prepare for it. It's coming. I remember my grandfather, another instance when I was at work, and my mom called me and told me he had cancer. Caught me off guard. Cried at my desk. Wasn't prepared for it. Wasn't even thinking about it. One more time, on the lighter side, I was driving to get my hair cut. You know I like to get my hair cut. Amen. I like a good haircut. Good haircuts ain't cheap, and cheap haircuts ain't good. Glory be to God. 
And I was there, and I was getting, on my way to get a haircut, and I hit the street in West Hartford to bust my tire. I was out there till 1 o'clock in the morning, but I still got my haircut. I walked to the barbershop, came back and called AAA, but I was there till 1 o'clock in the morning. In no way, shape, or form was I prepared to be outside in the snow until 1 o'clock in the morning from going at 5 o'clock. Unexpected stuff happens all the time. Let me, let me mow through this. Number one, things you need to do. Be humble and grateful because the present is a gift from God. If you're alive now, it's his blessing. If you're alive now, it's his power, it's his grace, it's his mercy. It's no goodness of your own. I can recall my grandmother always praying and saying, God, thank you for the dangers that you protected me that I saw. Thank you, God, for all the dangers you protected me from that I did not see. If you are alive right now, it is because of the goodness of God. And don't you wake up another morning and not give him thanks. We wake up in the morning and we treat life so cavalier. I'm just going to get up. I'm just going to hit the snooze button. There's some people who wish they could have use of activity of limbs to hit the snooze button, but they're dead. Wake up with some vigor. Wake up and make the devil mad. Be humble, be grateful, and use it. Make the most of it. That's my second point for you tonight, is to make the most of it. Make the most of it right now. I was watching, I'm in this series with, uh, you about to say, you thought, like, oh, the Bible series now. Uh, well, I'm in that too, but I'm in this series watching SEAL Team from CBS. It's been good. And um, two of the best friends on the SEAL Team got in a fight, and they got deployed to a mission right after the fight, and they didn't get a chance to apologize. And so, uh, Sonny comes up to the two of them, says to Jason, Jason, you need to go over there and apologize to Ray. We're about to go on a very dangerous mission. I don't want there to be any animosity. That's bad juju is what he said. We don't do juju. Bless Jesus. I don't know what that was, but, you know, amen. And uh, he said to him, man, I don't want to apologize right now. It's mission critical. We need to focus on the task at hand. Now is not the time. Let's do it later. And, and Sonny said to him, man, but now is all we have, bro. And I was like, oh, you better come through. You know, I, I quicken over, you know, spiritual things that it's on TV. And he said, now is all you have. And I said, man, that's so true. We're waiting. We're putting off building relationships with people. We're, we're putting off getting back into right relationship with some people who we've maybe offended or been offended by. And we're walking around with grudges and letting small things get to us instead of going over there and apologizing and making up or making the best of our education right now and stop snoozing when you should be in class. Make the best of it, because tomorrow is not promised. Love people now. Don't you think that, that, that LeBron felt even, even the greater weight that, one, he talked so lovely about his brother in, in, in basketball, and then that same night they had a conversation. He did not know it was going to be the last time he'd be able to speak well of him while he could hear it. Speak well of people while they're alive. Give them their flowers now. These are cliches, but they're wrapped in truth. You just don't know. Piece it up. Here it is. Scripture says this. Come now. Who can say today or tomorrow we'll go and do such this at such town and spend a year doing this, doing business and making money, yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and it vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will do this and do that. Number three, go to God 
with all of our fears, anxiety, and uncertainty because he holds the future. This is sing a song when I was a kid that said, my anchor holds and grips a solid rock. But it says, I know who holds the future. None of your friends, not your mama, not your daddy, not your roommate, not your dorm mate, not your suite mate, nobody knows what the future will bring. We're limited, but God knows. If you need God to speak to you about what is to come, give you a glimpse but not the whole picture, he can do that. He can confirm in you what his will might be through, through passions, through patterns, and through promises. God can show you what he might, a picture of what he might be doing in his life. He can give you vision. But you need to go to God with all of your uncertainty. Wherefore, it says in Hebrews 12:1, therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Look to Jesus. Don't turn to people because they don't know. And don't turn to substances because they don't work. Turn to Jesus because he knows. Lastly, before make certain about the one thing you can be certain about. If your life is not securely in the hands of Jesus, you are utterly and completely in the midst of uncertainty. But when you have trusted in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, amongst all the uncertainty, amongst all the cosmos, amongst all the things that are going on in your life, amongst all the ups and downs and the lows and the valleys and the high tops, you know one thing for sure, you are secure in the beloved. And that, my friends, is all you really need to know. That if my ticket is punched, if my time comes, I know where I'm going. Mm. They used to say, if anybody asks me where I'm going, (laughs) I'm going up yonder. If death should come, As we leave this place tonight, not to scare you, but this is a present reality, are you sure where your soul is going? Because here's the other reality. Your soul is going somewhere. (laughs) And you decide where it goes. Jesus sustains that. Jesus brings you to that point, but it's your decision to make. So I would say in all that time, the way you make the best of your time is to trust Jesus amidst uncertainty. He and he alone can give you the peace you're looking for. He can give you peace that surpasses all understanding. And tonight, I just want to encourage you that in this life, we will have trouble. There will be uncertainty. There will be days that hit you in a way that you have never been hit before. And you know what, right now you're pretty young. But I can tell you right now, by 30, some of the things that you saw other people go through, you won't be seeing other people go through them. You'll be going through them. Life is not far ahead of you. And let me tell you this, when those things come to try your faith, 
When those things come to rock your boat, you need Jesus. I'm telling you, he's the only thing. He'll hold you when you don't want to be held. He'll keep you when you feel like walking away. He's the only one who makes sense out of life. For all the pain, for all the suffering, for all the endless violence we see, for all the sin that is perpetrated between each other, Jesus makes sense of our pain. That after all of this, and in all of this, God doesn't have plans. He has a plan. We give God praise for his plan tonight. If you'll stand with me, let's pray. If you're here tonight, and um, you don't know Jesus, and you're not certain about that, I want to give you the opportunity, not out of coercion, not because you're afraid, but because you love him. And tonight, I want to give you a chance to know that, hey, I'm a sinner, and not only am I living amidst the uncertainty of when my life will end, but I'm also living amidst the uncertainty of where my soul will go. And I don't want to dangle the most valuable thing in my life and leave it to chance. Because here's the truth. If it's not securing Jesus, there is no chance. There's no purgatory. There's no special place you can wait until somebody prays you out. If you're not sure, if you don't know that you know that you know, you need to know. Because it might be your time sooner than you think. And it's not a scary thing to scare you. I'm sure Kobe thought he would live a very long life. 41 is young. I mean, he didn't even touch his prime years yet. We talk, he, he passed his basketball prime, but not his life prime. So many good things that he did, left to do. I want you to grab hands together. Just hand, just a, yeah, that's good. Ask the person next to you, if he should come tonight, ask the person next to you, if he should come tonight, everybody's like, are you sure you go with him? If that answer is not an emphatic yes, ask them if they want to trust Jesus. Everybody knows him. Praise God. If you're here tonight and you're just you're scared, you've got fear, you've got anxiety, you're uncertain like the rest of us about where life is going, where the future holds for you, you're in good company. But you need a little prayer. We invite you to come. We won't bite you. We're just going to say some words, and Jesus is going to answer those prayers. If you want to come now, I'd open up the altar for you just to come and receive prayer. That's all. No shame. I'll be scared. Amen. What'd you do for me? Just lift your hands toward Jesus. Say, Lord, you don't have to say that. I'm praying for you. Lord, I thank you so much for these people, God. They stand in the posture of surrendering. Surrendering to what already is. God, we don't know what our futures will hold, but God, you do. And I pray, God, in the midst of this, that you give them peace that surpass all understanding. God, they don't know what's coming from the east, from the west, from the north, to the south, God, but we know that you have us guarded. 
Scripture says the angels of the Lord camped around them that love them. God, help us to know that everything that happens in our life is father-filtered. Jesus doesn't let anything come through that is not for his plan and for his good and for the good of others and for his glory. Not only that, he does not let anything come through that won't shape us. He's very confident. He told his father, he says, I have not dropped any of them that you've put in my hand. Paul re-echoed it and reassured that. said, I'm confident of one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. Nothing can happen to you while God is still working on you. You are invincible until he is finished with you. Death is on a leash. Disaster is in a cage. Until God sees fit, nothing happens. But God, when the things come, help us to accept that it was good for us that we have been afflicted. Oh my. That the God of all comfort will comfort us where we are afflicted so that we might give comfort to other people who go through what we have gone through. God, help us to be mature enough to see that what we go through isn't really for us. It's for others. God, I pray that you would give them an assurance, a peace that surpasses our understanding, that even in the face of uncertainty and know that death is coming, that we understand that as Christians, life reigns now over death, that we are living now only to live again. Let them be emboldened by that. And if I'm going to make the best of the time that Jesus has given me, it will be serving his kingdom and bringing other people into this certainty to know that we know that heaven is our home and Jesus is our Lord forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We get ready to go home. Let's all get ready. Let's, everybody's already standing. We get ready to pray. Would you just sing this with me real quick?